This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is why you're Welcome to the This Is Why You're Single podcast. I'm Laura Lane. And I'm Angela Sparrow. We're the co-writers of the book, This Is Why You're Single. And every week here on the podcast, we discuss a different reason you're single. This week's reason is you need vagina confidence. Sorry, guys out there. I guess this could kind of apply to penis confidence, too. But yeah, general, we're talking about general confidence. vajayjays today. Mm-hmm. Also in the lineup, we are talking about what's new in dating news, a new object that lets you have sex on your period, and a museum about breakups is opening. Then we're diving into the mailbox to answer your listener questions. But first, we want to welcome this week's guest. She's the author of the book, Hashtag Single But Dating, and one of Australia's top sex educators. Please welcome sexologist and relationship expert, Dr. Nikki Goldstein. Hi, thanks for having me. Hi, thanks Dr. for coming Nikki. on. All the way from Australia, we uh, were so just lucky. For you. Just, just for you. Okay, guys. All right, <laughs> making all right. the trip. Forget here. us being lucky. <laughs> she made this trip just to be on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in we love like your kind of attitude about dating that you talk a little bit about in your book too. Is that it's not just like the getting a the a husband is the goal, which is definitely our philosophy too. It's more right. of a guide of how to enjoy being single and dating. Uh, you know, tell me a little bit about more about how that became your philosophy and kind of what made you decide to write your book and, and yeah, why was that was important to you? Well, I think I found that I was really enjoying my single life. I was in a long-term relationship and I'd exited it and I, I wanted to experience what life had to offer, but yet people were still saying to me, Oh, are you in a relationship? And I think, oh, I have to tell you that I'm single, but there's no lack of men in my life. I didn't have a label. And I started realizing how important that time was in my life because instead of being told what you should do, which a lot of traditional dating advice has been for women, it's like, this is what you should do. You shouldn't call a guy back. This is how a guy should behave. This is how a woman should behave. But what about what you actually really want? And keeping in mind that the beginning of my career, I was divorcing people for a living. So I was constantly seeing people getting into relationships for the wrong reasons. Wait, what do you mean you were divorcing people for a living? So I was a family mediator. So instead of going to court, people would come to me and I would help them work out what they were going to do with their children and their finances. And so you're really exposed to what goes wrong in relationships. And, And it's a motivator for me constantly to educate people to look at what can I do to help them to get into the right relationship. That sounds like invaluable experience. Also, I think it would possibly make me terrified and never want to get into a relationship if you're constantly helping people get divorced. I'm shocked. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm shocked you even like want to date people at all. You're like, no, stay away from, from, it was that point where I remember getting on the phone to my mom and saying, I don't know why people get married. They just still end up in my office divorced anyway. And I just went, okay, I'm out. At that point, I was like, I'm a young woman. I was just newly single. And I was like, no, I can't have this attitude. And if I stay in this job, that's the exact attitude that I'm going to continue to have. So I kind of held on to that experience, but then took it with me onto the other side of things. I went, well, what can I do for people and women especially to help them get into the relationships they want? And I feel like having this period of being what I call hashtag single but dating is so important for women to be able to explore and experiment and work out what kind of people that you like to date, 
date, uh, what kind of relationships you like, who you are in a, in a relationship. And I don't think a woman really knows herself until she hits 30. Um, so these are all these things that somewhere down the track, if you do want to be in a relationship, and I'm not saying that that's the goal for everyone, but these are things that you need to work out first. But I also think we need to celebrate that single life and we shouldn't be shaming women for being single. And I have a lot of married friends who've turned around to me and said, you know, oh, we vicariously lived through you. You, know, <laughs> you. you go off and you get married and have kids and then you vicariously live through your single friends, yet your single friends are the ones that are going, oh, I want to find a husband. So it's yes. like, is, is anyone yeah. happy? No. Like, right. I find that to be the case a lot. Like we talk about how, you know, we love the guys we're with, but you know, you get like single FOMO, but then all my friends that are <laughs> single are like oh I just but you're like at least you're married and you have someone it's like no like it, it always the grass is always greener <laughs> yeah, on the other exactly. side I think yeah you've just got to have the approach of just having fun with dating when you are dating and if you do want to be with somebody enjoy it when you are with them yeah. that's why I've never found the concept of like high school sweethearts all that like romantic because I'm like, they're missing out on a huge <laughs> chunk of life. Yeah. Well, I was with my high school sweetheart mm-hmm. and you know, it was a challenging relationship because I was a housewife in my early 20s and late oh, teens. So you know, we were living together and I'm cooking dinner and I'd moved to a city and I wasn't going out partying and drinking. I was getting phone calls from my boyfriend at work saying, what's for dinner tonight? Oh, and God. I think I was all of about 22 uh, at that stage. If so, any guy yeah. ever said, what's for dinner tonight? I'd be like, uh, peace out. Yeah, especially... <laughs> that young yeah like i don't know what are you ordering yeah what are you uh, ordering are you cooking <laughs> yeah you, you tell me i'm starving <laughs> um so you were recently on the tv show the real yes um with tamar braxton who i love <laughs> <laughs> and you talked about the process you went through the process of freezing your eggs yes um and could, you want to tell us a little bit about that like what brought you to that decision yeah. Yeah. well I, I wrote about it in the book and it was something that was introduced to me a few years back by a woman I was actually living with in LA who was a, a British matchmaker okay. and it was the advice that she gives to a lot of her clients was you know really as a woman you should consider freezing your eggs so when you're going out there dating you're not on baby crazy mode Yeah. so you know that's not exactly why the only reason I did it but when I started researching it and realizing that you know as women we're told that we're always, you know, young and we have enough time and you start to hit 30 and people say, oh, but you're still young. Biologically, when we look at what our eggs are doing, we're not. And we're not made aware of how our fertility starts to decline. So when I started looking at all the stats and all the research, I thought, oh my goodness, this is something I have to do now. You know, this is going to be a partial backup plan. It's not a foolproof plan, but it's going to give me options that may be to use those eggs later down the track. It may be, hey, I might want a third or fourth child and there's an option there. It may be donating those eggs to someone else. But if I want to do that, I really should be doing it earlier rather than waiting till it's the last possible chance because if you are freezing your eggs later in life you're not getting as many eggs you're getting bad quality eggs so I did at the age of 29 and it shocked a lot of people because yeah like, oh, you're too young or people would say to me you just got to concentrate on finding a guy and I'm like it's not no. what it's about because yeah. even at 29 say I meet someone and end up married by the time I even want to start having children I could be in that red zone so and also you don't want to go into dating somebody with this timeline in mind like like we have a whole right, chapter in our book like about about, uh, about having a timeline, and and I do have friends that I feel like go out and they date with this timeline in mind. Like, okay, at the six month mark, like you better have said I love you at the very least, or probably three month mark. It's I love you. Six month mark, we're talking about moving in. Like at the year mark, you better talk about. Yeah. We should probably start looking for engagement rings. And uh, right. year and a half, two years, we should be married, and then we'll have kids. It's like yeah. so stressful, and whether you even 
say that to a guy that you're dating and you discuss this timeline, it, it like exudes off of you. It's this like energy that you're right. giving that people pick up on that you have this kind of anxiety and this rush about you when you're dating and you're kind of like always on your toes and things aren't happening as fast yeah. as you want them to. And, and you're doing a connection oh. issue too with yeah. that because instead of looking at someone of like, do we have intimacy? Do we have love? Like, is this something that's meant to be? You're looking at them. Can this person be pretty much a sperm donor? You know, right. is this person going to be a good father? And you're not being able to connect what a relationship should be connected on first before you start, you start look at, you know, raising children with them. Yeah. Yeah. You're doing yourself a disservice because mm-hmm. you're, you're not living in the moment. No. Exactly. <laughs> Have you said no to marriage altogether after all helping all that mediation? That Definitely you- not. I, I would say the interesting thing is that I'm at heart a very uh, traditional Jewish girl who's always a, who's also a sexologist. So it's really interesting how that affects my life because I'm very maternal and I'm you know very much into family, but at the same time I'm very stubborn. I'm like, but I'll do it my way. Oh my god, you and I are soul sisters. I'm like a Jewish chick that talks about sex and dating. Also, right. I was talking to a rabbi about my sex life the other night, and I'm thinking, wow, oh my god, like this is insane. Like there's a part of me that's just like, do not talk about masturbation to a rabbi. And yet he was asking me all these questions and he was trying to learn about things. And it was kind of one of those moments where you realize this is the ultimate Jewish sexologist moment. I'm sitting here talking to a <laughs> rabbi amazing. about masturbation and female ejaculation. But yet I'm I don't know how I feel about him like being so into it and being turned on. I mean, well, I guess they're not like a on. priest, but yeah, they're not. Uh, whatever. Well, rabbis <laughs> are allowed to have sex. Just saying. Rabbis, <laughs> I know my rabbi growing up, he had an affair. It was like oh. the scandal of the synagogue. Okay. But that's not what we're here to talk about. <laughs> but being a sexologist, one thing you've spoken a lot about is the importance of communicating with your partner about your sexual needs and desires and buttons that turn us on. Do you have any tips for opening up those lines of communication? I think you've got to be really careful of the circumstances because if we're talking about a girl discussing her sex life with a guy, a guy's ego is really linked to his sexual performance. So if you're going to be saying something that's really going to be squashing that, you've got to be so careful. And it may be something like the reassurance and saying to him, you know, babe, I, I really love our sex life. Like it's just phenomenal. But, you know, every so often can you do this and then reassure him again. But never also give a complaint without a solution. So if you're Mm -hmm. going to say, I really struggle to have orgasms, maybe do your research first and find out, hey, you might be a clitoral girl and the type of sex that you're having is mostly penetration. So if you're saying, you know, I'm struggling to have an orgasm, but, you know, I really think I'm a clitoral girl. I mean, if we incorporate <laughs> some sex stories into it, you've got to We need a t-shirt hope. that just says clitoral, clitoral girl. girl. Or like a parody <laughs> song set to material girl. Yeah, material. Yes, yes. I'm a clitoral, clitoral girl. <laughs> but it, it is one of those things also I think you can incorporate a lot of um, nonverbal communication. So when you are in the bedroom, if you've got to communicate something that you want him to do, you can always be like, babe, you know, it would really turn me on. And if he does like that act that you're doing and yeah. then reward him by moaning and groaning and, or, you know, maybe you're silent when he's touching some areas of your body and then like, when he that's touches not the right it. areas, you're <laughs> like, oh, you know, so there's ways of being able to say that's what feels good. And I think sometimes though, when it. something feels good, I need to focus, which means not making noise. <laughs> and I'm like, it's feeling good, but I just like, I want to focus. Yes. So some women are the opposite you when they get quiet, yeah. they're enjoying. I know I found, Okay, I, I'm curious to know if this is a thing you've found. I feel like when I first started dating 
Nick, I was like trying all these crazy things and I would come home with like, ch- like chocolate, like edible sexual chocolate. You can like paint on each other and like whipped cream. And do you find that like the longer you're with someone, I weirdly would feel weird incorporating something like bizarre into our sex life. Whereas yeah. for whatever reason, at the very beginning of our relationship, I was pulling out weird objects and things. <laughs> and then almost like once you set a certain pattern, like, I yeah, maybe it is a subconscious thing where you're worried you don't want them to think that they're doing something wrong and that's why you're incorporating this object because it has nothing to do with that like he's great it's like i think you tend not to put as much effort into your sex life as you go on longer term because like in the beginning when you're with someone and it's new and you're probably thinking like i want to impress him sexually and let's try this fun stuff and then you know as you stay in a relationship especially in marriage and you're looking at long term you're like eh, we'll do that next valentine's day you know like it's something that we tend to if we know that that person is going to continue to be in our bed we tend to not put as much effort into sex life, which I think is something that we do wrong. I think, you know, when we look at the the, the priorities in our day, we really should be putting sex back up the top of the list because when we are having sex with our partners, not only does it make us feel good, but it also helps us connect with them. It's something that can really then transfer into the relationship as well. And even if you look at parents and you think, you know, a happy parent is a better parent, what's the best way to make a parent happy? I think I know. So, <laughs> so I really think, you know, we need to be putting more effort into our sex lives. And if that means bringing out the lingerie, bringing out the edible chocolate, you know, every so often. I need to dig up something. that chocolate. It's yeah, probably really it. gross at this point. But I think I've like thrown nice, it out. You have a nice lingerie collection. I have a huge drawer. No, it's like I got the lingerie and stuff. I think it's more of like, I don't know. I weirdly get like, I think I'd get embarrassed now, which I, I don't know. It's weird. Why did I, I wasn't embarrassed at the beginning because there was no standard set, but now I have like a sexual standard set after having sex so many times. I'm like, Oh, what what if I like, yeah. Like remember when I did my strip tease, I was like, Oh God, what if I'm like looking stupid while I'm doing this? Where at the beginning there was no standard set. So it was like, "Eh, if I look stupid, like who cares? He doesn't even know me. (laughs) You know, I guess it's also like he's seen you at your like, not like least sexy moments, but like you guys have to like, you go like grocery shopping and talk about like, right. Buy like what's for dinner. So like, it's like, that's like forever in your mind. Like this is the person that I like. So I hang out with you and buy my toilet paper with and now they're taking their clothes now? off. What? No, it's just, oh, you you're a multifaceted <laughs> woman and maybe he can't get other facets out of his head. No, he thinks I'm a <laughs> sexy beast. I don't know what you're I talking think you about. Sexy, any even when you go grocery shopping. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's the whole thing. He does. He is. He's always grabbing my butt. He. That is not the don't issue, Angela. <laughs> maybe. Okay, I'm sure you're sexy. I just mean like. I feel like she's going to really prove to you she's sexy and she's going to like stand up, rip into some lingerie. I'm going to start sending you some some sex photos. Naked selfies. Naked selfies of Nick and I. I've seen your undie pics. You've shown me. Oh, all right. (laughs) I usually rate them for you. Um, Do you have have another question about sex? I kind of do. I love the idea of homosexuality, which you talk about on your website. Um, I feel like this needs to be like a common phrase. Yes. Did you, did you that come like up with your that? Fear of missing I, out about other people's sex yes. lives? Yes. Because mm. I, I made sure I put it in writing because I was like, I came up with it and I'm like, <laughs> I don't know if it exists, but at least my name is now attached yeah. to it. Because I think one of the biggest mistakes we do in our relationships is we're constantly looking outward. So we go, well, why aren't we like that person? Or we read a statistic and it says, you know, the average American couple is having sex 2.4 times a week. And we're going, well, why aren't we having sex like that? There must be something <laughs> wrong with us. Or yeah. my friend told me about what her and her partner are up to. Why aren't we doing that? Even singles when we look at this comparison between the singles and the married woman 
you know, it's, it's a version of FOMO sexuality because they're yeah. going, well, I want to be having sex with a partner and the woman that's married is going, I want to be having sex with some random guys on the street. Right. So I think it's such a danger because often then when we see with social media this false projection of someone's life, we're also seeing a false projection of someone's relationship. Valentine's Day is the yeah. worst day for social media. <laughs> if I see what your boyfriend or your husband has gotten you and I know that he's cheating on you, like that's the ironic thing as a sexologist, everyone confesses to me what's going on there relationships then i jump onto facebook and they're posting all these selfies it's a curated version of your life you're not going to be posting pictures of your fight or your divorce proceedings or it's that over the top like i don't post my relationship on social media at all so i feel like for other people they look at that and they go why aren't we like that or why aren't we doing that instead of actually stopping and celebrating what is going working working well on their relationship because as soon as you get into that mindset nothing will ever be good enough yeah it's true. Yeah. Homosexuality. Um, guys, just focus on your own relationship. Yeah. It's like uh, when your teacher said, just look at your, keep your eyes on your own test. Yeah. All right. Maybe that's not a good maybe. analogy. <laughs> on that note, though, we are going to jump into what's in the news. What have you been reading, Angela? Okay. So Olivia Nyland is reporting on Mashable that there is a, a breakup museum ho- opening in LA. Cool. I'm very excited about it. Um there some of the exhibits include it's all things that people like have left behind after they've broken up with somebody so how did this museum get their hands on these things people send them in there's it started in croatia i think and now they're opening a branch in la and some of the exhibits are like prosthetic breasts human oh. dreadlocks um a woman got Wait, prosthetic breasts i don't know there's no chicken they didn't fillets, explain what the story was what chicken fillets we call them in australia oh, yeah. chicken yeah. things that you put yep. in your bra to, yeah i don't ever have yes. never worn them but <laughs> I guess i've, I've tried is. and like then they fall out and i'm always worried of, i and then i i wear them for like an hour at my house and just as i'm, as I'm about to leave the door i take them out because i'm like i'm gonna be that girl where like this like cutlet plastic <laughs> jelly cutlet <laughs> falls floor, out right. in the middle i was like this this is not i'd rather have my so ta- my tiny little it, boobs that's how you see how it gets left behind in a breakup because it just yeah, exactly falls Somebody out as you're running around the door. falls out during the fight um, there was one woman that got left at the altar and so oh, God. what she did was she took her wedding dress and fit it into a pickle jar oh and i don't know why she did that but then she was able to submit it to the museum and that's one of the exhibits that's a tiny dress maybe it was a slutty or bride. a big jar slutty bride it had to have been like <laughs> I, that's what i'm picturing like a like a rat satin, yeah, yeah satin yeah. silk in like, vegas yes <laughs> that yes. was the dress oh my right. it was like the Pamela Anderson bikini wedding style dress. Yeah. 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 That's the only thing that could fit. I could tell you right now, I don't even think my veil would fit in a pickle jar. Yeah. I mean, I, don't, I guess she left out like the under hoops and the undergarments. Right. But uh, so I don't know. I just thought that this was really interesting. What would you Where guys... Where can we find it? Uh, find this place. It hasn't opened yet. It's in Hollywood. Um, of course. Uh, they did, they've been doing like little pop-ups at like the... Um, what is it? The Standard Hotel. They did one. I, I think this would probably make people feel better if they've gone through a recent breakup. I would think like that'd well, be such a fun thing if you break up and to make your friend or if you have a friend that has broken up with somebody to make them feel better, the like, article, take them out to eat, go to this breakup museum. Then you feel or, like you're yeah. not if all you're alone. In the, you're in the couple relationship and you're the person who's suffering from FOMOsexual. Maybe you should go <laughs> down and remind yourself of how ugly breakups are. And yes. you'll be happy in your marriage and you're, oh my God, babe, we're so having sex. Oh, I like now. that idea even better. <laughs> they said that people were there on first dates at like the pop-up museum 
That's the worst Which, idea. Worst. Okay, I that know. idea sucks. Um, but what did they say? They like they they interviewed them. They said it builds camaraderie among strangers, like people, because then they like open up about their breakups and they, they bond over about, it. Who wants to talk about know, breakups on a first date? It's like cardinal rule: like you don't talk about your exes on a first date. Yeah, don't do it. Don't do it. Anyway, what are you reading, Laura? Okay, so I'm reading an article that was in Cosmo. Sexy by Hannah Smothers. So a company called Flex. It has created this thing that allows women to have sex while they're on their period. So I checked out the website. It's coming fall of 2016. Flex is a new product that allows couples to have uninterrupted period sex. It's a flexible disc-like shape that contours to the female body. They say that it's virtually undetectable by her um, his or her partner flex works by creating a soft barrier to the cervix, which temporarily blocks the flow of menstruation. You throw it away after each use. Now, would you guys use this? Well, no. first of all, me neither. No. Isn't that kind of like a dental dam? It I don't sounds, know. I mean, maybe not like that I've a ever more, used that. Like a stiffer dental it's tech. Like, uh, but the interesting thing is, you said allow women to have sex on their period. I have sex on my period. Like it, we don't need to the yeah. word allow in there. Like you just do That's, it. Yeah. Um, so right. I think you know when they say it's undetectable. I guess if you don't want to get blood on your sheets, right. maybe it's like cleaner. Yeah. And you're not yeah, in, and you're not like into shower set. Yeah, but I've also yeah. Towel down. Yeah. I've like read articles about how like having sex in your period, your period is like natural lubricant, and yeah. that's oh. what makes it better. So like. If you're going to have sex in your period, like people want the and people want the blood, the blood. Oh, God. Uh, I just think that, you know, if you're if you're with a partner, like we're mm-hmm. talking about a long term monogamous relationship here or just something that's very intimate. Stuff like this really shouldn't matter that much. Yeah. I think if your partner's yeah. totally freaked out by it, well, maybe they've had a bad experience in the past. But, you know, either wait if they're a freaked few out days, by blood, then, yeah, you wait a few days and who cares? Days. Like, yeah, you can do yeah. other things. You have boobs right. and you have earlobes. Yes. Like, other erogenous zones? Like, it doesn't mean that sex is totally off the table. It just means that penetration might be off the table for three days. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I Nibble would not breast. buy this product. <laughs> I, I would be like, I don't know. I'd be like, oh, you want to have sex? Okay, hold on. Let me put my flex little thing in my body. Like, uh, yeah. either like, yeah, you have sex on your period if both people are cool with that and they're not grossed out by the blood. Or you wait a few days and who cares? Or give them a blowjob. Like, whatever. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Or receive I mean, something in return. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yes. Or receive something in return. Yeah. Cause, yeah if you're a clitoral if you, girl. Say, if you're a clitoral girl. <laughs> clitoral girl. Um, so anyways, that's something that is out there. I'm glad that exists for other people that yeah. might want it. Yeah. You know? I just don't. It's not for us three. Yeah. But maybe <laughs> it's for you. Uh, guys, let's jump into the mailbox. What is in the mailbox this week? Okay. So we have an email from Tom from the UK. Tom writes, I have started studying a PhD and in the first fortnight here hooked up with a girl. As time has gone on, she and I are both part of the same friend group. And because some of us are here next year, too, she and I are living together next year, along with two other guy friends. She and I are still very flirty. However, she told me she has slept with one of the other guys we're going to live with and that she does with most of her guy friends. Um, I'm developing feelings for her, but I suspect she feels differently. Even if she felt the same, it might be awkward since we're living together. What, uh, would you happen to know the best way out of such a situation? Don't live with her. I don't think you should live with her. <laughs> right. Get this. Surely to God, there is some other place that you can live. Yeah. Because that's going to kill you being in that yes. house. 
first of all, if you have feelings for her and she's not showing it in the in the same way, but then if she's off flirting with the other or guy, sleeping with other guys oh, in the yeah, bedroom next to you, guys right. home, like, that's gonna kill you. And if you're doing your PhD, I was gonna say you need to concentrate. <laughs> yeah, this isn't like yeah. some like summer abroad that isn't very serious and whatever. France, Croatia, wherever you go abroad. <laughs> this is like you're trying to get your PhD. You need to, you need focus, to focus on that guy, on that dude. Focus yeah. on your PhD. Yeah. yeah. And you're going to start to like resent your other guy friends that you're living with. I feel like if you're like... Who haven't done anything wrong. like been with all my friends. Yeah, she... Now I'm, we're enemies. Yeah, but also Eskimo like... Brothers. It's cool that I have a lot of respect for her that she's so open about it. Sure. And, like, good for her for like... She is able to maintain that a, t- a cool friendship with people that she sleeps with and you know more power to her hope you know she's sleeping with people she's open about it she's not ashamed Mm -hmm. good for her so you can't hate on her about it so it also wouldn't be fair for you to develop negative feelings towards her or like start to shame her if she starts bringing people home because you have feelings for her they live together yeah you have feelings for her you're you're gonna like start to i feel like you're you'll start to build resentment against mm-hmm. her, which will be your own defense mechanism. And that's really your issue. And that's not her issue. Yeah. I kind of feel like if you've got feelings for her too, have you actually had a conversation with her? Because right. it sounds like she's kind of all over the place and she's having sex here and there. She might be the type of person that is actually in the pursuit of intimacy, but she doesn't feel like she can get it. That's why she's having sex with all these you know, mm-hmm. people in between. Mm-hmm. And it's like, maybe you need to have like, not only do you need to not live there, but maybe you also need to have that conversation around. I feel like I have more feelings for you. You know, is there something that we can explore here? Because if you never have the conversation, you never know what's going to happen. Right. Yeah. She could just not be into these other people that she's sleeping with on like a relationship level. Maybe right. she, she's just trying to fulfill her sexual needs as yeah. a woman right now. And uh, maybe she is looking for a relationship. You never yeah. know. Maybe she just hasn't thought of it with you yet, Tom, because she doesn't know you're interested. But if you tell her you're interested. But yeah, yes. I would say like maybe don't live with her. Either way. If you're having that conversation, especially if you're having that conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you have, he said it's not happening until next year. So you have a whole year. To find somewhere else to live. Surely, <laughs> surely you can find better accommodations. Yeah. Um, that, I think we're all unanimous on that one, Tom. But uh, good luck with it. Yeah. Email us. Let us know. If you guys want your listener questions answered in an upcoming episode, email us at contact at thisiswhyyoursingleshow.com. You can find out our contact info and everything else about us on our website, which is thisiswhyyoursingleshow.com. Now let's dive into the reason of the week. This week's reason is you need vagina confidence. Right. Because, guys, every vagina looks different. Porn mm-hmm. only shows you shows you a very small percentage of what vaginas look like. Uh, well, um, they actually, on porn, they, they do look different. But, I don't know, you just can't compare your vaginas to the vaginas you've likely seen in media. Right. Because there are many different vaginas Right. We there. were talking recently about Nikki Glaser, who is a very funny comedian that has a new show mm-hmm. on Comedy Central. She wrote this great piece in Cosmo about how she has a longer labia. Right. And she was, had kind of this fear and insecurity about, insecurity about it for a long time. She even considered getting... Plastic surgery. Labia yeah. 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 Yeah, and then decided against it and found vagina confidence, which is very important. Since we're talking about vagina confidence, though, I am going to correct you and say what we're talking about is the vulva. So as a society, especially in the media, we don't even recognize that women are more than a whole. 
We don't really know these scientific terms, Nikki. Okay, so the vulva is <laughs> the whole area. The vagina is just the entrance. Right. right the right, hole right. that you have your period out of, that you give birth out of, that's the vagina. See, I see. I guess everybody in media, we all use a I guess we just say vagina yeah, and right. assume that means but the whole thing. it's limiting our sexual pleasure. So we've just said that, you know, the clitoral girl, you know, 80% right. of women have orgasms through clitoral stimulation. Yeah. When we use the word vagina, we don't even include that. So it's kind of like, you know, that's something that I've always tweeted out to people and I've said, I'll come in and teach you, you know, yeah. teach you what yeah. it's so all So technically about. the vagina would be like the little tunnel. The little the entrance. Right. The so entrance the tunnel. Vulva. So have vulva confidence. Ha- technically vulva. it's vulva confidence, but, uh, but for, for most... Remember the vulva. Remember, remember the vulva, yeah. But yeah, for, for all intents and purposes, when you talk about the vagina, people assume you're talking about the whole thing. But, yes. but yes, the vulva, vulva guys, That's includes... Part of confidence is giving yourself more of a proper label down right. there. Yes, you yeah. do. You got to label that JJ. Yeah. And it was like, I do feel like when I made the, the, when it clicked my mind, like, oh, vaginal orgasms are very rare for most people. It's all about like, the, yeah. or at least most people I know, it's all about the clitoris, right. understanding their different parts. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with you if you can't. One thing that I one of them I really loved this artist, uh, this British artist Jamie McCartney. Mm-hmm. He created this kind of monumental sculpture of vaginas. He had 400 women's privates kind of he made like plasters out of them and put them on a wall and it really it was really kind of amazing to look at i've i've only seen pictures but it really showed you how different a vagina vulva excuse me can <laughs> can look like i don't know in in talking with couples and people you talk to do you find that this vulva confidence is an issue with yeah. a lot of women every woman has an insecurity about how she looks down there and how she smells and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff i was doing a radio interview or shaving and, exactly yeah. hair no hair I was doing a radio interview a few months ago and there was a girl and a guy host and we were talking about a question that came in about smells and we're going, this is what you can do and that's what you can do. And he jumped in. He said, you know what? As a guy, we're just happy to get a vagina. And I was like, well, and I, you know, you're I, right. I do think that's true of a lot of guys. We're the ones that are paranoid. They're not looking at us going, you don't look like porn. And I confess to you that I actually did a mold of my vagina last month in LA. Really? Amazing. And it was, it was, was it for this artist or no? Um, it was for Playboy. Oh. <laughs> but they said yeah. to me, would you, would you mold your vulva? live on radio and of course there was a few um you know ums and ahs about it because it's a bit different when you're in right. a room and there's a producer's box and there's a camera wait could they like see that. you doing it there was a lot of people that could see me leg spread um <laughs> so i really had to be more power to you yeah. yeah it was it really pushed me on a confidence level and i had to be very okay this is me and and this is what i'm happy with and hopefully i pick up the mold when i go back next week so cool yeah. you get to like keep it and display it in your home i've asked them for a version of it in bronze so they're going to do oh. one in the cyber skin and then they're going to do one in bronze so i kind of feel like i have to put it somewhere in my apartment and do something artistic with it so people be like what is that and not really sure right. until i go oh it's my vulva <laughs> <laughs> wait you said a sex toy company is doing yeah it? so, so are they going to resell your vagina? no 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 oh. it's not going on it's oh my god that'd be gross my dad that would be a huge compliment compliment <laughs> but no. i don't know i'd be kind of creeped out if guys were like 
having sex to my yeah, mold no. of my mold vagina. Of my I, vagina. I, I called my parents up. I was like, how would you feel if I did this? Because my parents are very supportive of what I do, but yeah. they're very traditional Jewish parents. Mm-hmm. And my dad goes, is this going into production? I was like, no, uh, no, it's just for me. And then he thought about it. He goes, ah, oh, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> I love your parents. For Hanukkah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what they're getting for Hanukkah. Well, no. It's maybe like when people, <laughs> you like bronze your baby shoes, right? Yeah, and then when exactly. you're older, you bronze your vagina. I love it. I love the it. The circle I, of life. <laughs> I hope they start offering this to regular folks folks like yeah. us um please tell this company that angela and i would love to <laughs> mold our vagina on side our podcast by side. Yeah. yeah hold your hands <laughs> no we will we'll um if we if we got a bronze sculpture vagina we would gladly display them in our podcast studio yeah. so um, what a great conversation piece and, and then you'd have to work out which is which and you'd be like <gasps> yes well, like yes two and which one is which of us and please go, oh, tell them we want to do it love okay, that idea done. Uh, all right, guys, it is time for us to break down this week's Reason of the Week. It's the Reason of the Week Breakdown! There's a lot of misleading things about vaginas out mm-hmm. there. We want you to learn the power of your puss with this uh-huh. guessing game, which is called Fun Facts About the Vagina or Something Else. Right. Angela, kick it off. Okay. Um... Okay, so Dr. Nikki, is the or we're gonna we're read gonna read you, you facts yes. okay. and then you have to guess if it's vagina or something else. So first okay. fact, uh, the name comes from the Latin root meaning sheath for a sword. Is that a vagina or the band tattoo? I'm gonna say it's not a vagina. Oh, any sense? Sense? Do we sorry, have sorry. sound effects? We do. Uh, oh! You're wrong. It's a vagina. It's like a vagina. A, it makes like, sense. Is this the like, part where you take my doctorate away from me? No. <laughs> These are very specific things we yeah. found. I don't think that you probably studied them in your, uh, no. when you got yeah, your doctorate. We were too busy having sex for yeah, actually knowing exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Okay. Yeah, I guess in that scenario, the penis is the sword and it's going mm-hmm. in the vaginal so. sheath. Okay. <laughs> Uh, next fact is capable of something called a scorpion death lock. Is that a vagina or professional wrestler sting? Okay, that is definitely not a vagina, and that is a wrestler. And if that one is. Yay! <laughs> I was like, I'm going to fall over backwards. Although, or I want to know how to do it. Yeah, yeah exactly. I'm like, hey, that sounds really cool. Yeah, that's after you do a lot of Kegels. You yeah. can do the, the, <laughs> the death lock. Scorpion death lock. Okay. I think I saw that on a James Bond movie. <laughs> yes. um, all right. Has teeth in folktales of certain cultures, vagina or the moon? I'm going to say vagina. That's right. Ding, ding, yeah. Vagina. I used to joke and say that mine had teeth. Vagina dentata. Yeah. It's a thing. Okay. <laughs> um, wait. Hold on. Let me. I got to. I'm going to do that one. This one last. Okay. 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 All right. 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 Okay. We're changing right. the. We're changing the game last minute. We're building okay. to a climax. Ooh, if you climax. will. If you will. Okay. Uh, wore a wig. This is the next fact. Fact. Wore a wig in the year sixteen seventeen. Was that a vagina or Pocahontas? Oh, Pocahontas. Oh. Uh, it was called a merkin, and they were mainly w- worn by prostitutes. Yeah. Yucky. A little vagina wig. Um, <laughs> okay. Must pick myself up one of those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Merkin. They're great. Um, okay. An Atlanta, Georgia girl named Rachel was featured in the documentary, A Hundred of the, or featured in a documentary, had a hundred of these a day. Uh, did she have orgasms in her vagina a hundred a day or the hiccups? I'm going to go with vagina. Oh, wait, no, wait, no, oh, 
right. Wrong no. Thank you. Yay. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Vagina. Sorry, sorry. Yes, vagina. Sorry, that was, I pulled, I pulled like a Steve Harvey move there where I like said the wrong <laughs> I take full responsibility. I take full responsibility. I was gonna say, I'm going to challenge that one. Wait, I'm that was correct. That would be very disruptive. You may yeah. have yeah. 100 orgasms a day. The documentary was, done. Was, a, no. was, yeah, 100 orgasms a day. She oh, had yeah. like, I guess there's a lot, there are people out there that have these like but they're spasms like, yeah, they're like involuntary there's a case of a woman that brushes her teeth and can have an orgasm and there's a case of another woman that can stroke her eyebrow and have another orgasm i think that someone's got some clitoris in their gums and their eyebrows <laughs> that's crazy on, but it it, i guess it is. shows how your whole body's connected and nerve endings and different and parts yeah. just physical maybe that we're a little you know when we look at sexual pleasure and orgasms maybe we need to look a little outside of the box excuse right. the language but <laughs> you know there's more than just a clitoral a g-spot and now an a-spot orgasm as well what's, what's that so the a-spot is the anterior fornix zone so if you go right up to the cervix on the the wall so if i'm, I'm doing the fingers and realizing uh-huh. no one can actually see but the front of the wall that's an area called the a spot so there's all this literature out there that says that women can actually have orgasms from stimulating that area and that stimulating that area can also help you to be more lubricated as well but you've got to be careful that you don't just you know hit the cervix hit the in the cervix. process oh, so yeah so i think what's the next orgasm they're going to come up with wow i like that there are more to be yeah. found i so want to find them I would like to find them. Okay, last one. Uh, okay, or second to last, right? No, no, last one. Okay, has a pH level somewhere between three to four. Is it a vagina or a glass of wine? Oh, I was going to say pH level. That has to be vagina. I want to say false because I feel like the pH is different for vagina. So you think it's vagina or glass of wine? I think it's glass of wine. Okay, I'm going to say yes, but it's actually a trick question. It's both. The normal vagina pH is 3.8 to 4.5. Most wines pH falls around 3.0 to 4.0. So, um, yeah, vaginas and wines are very similar that could be a really bad pickup line like if a girl's drinking a glass of wine and a guy comes out and goes do you know that glass of wine has the same ph level as your vagina yeah <laughs> that, don't mm, use that don't, don't use, use that. that guys that's a horrible Unless pickup she's line like really open-minded or she, she goes, right. is a sex expert yeah, like that's like, a great yeah. bit of trivia if you're Thank trying you. to pick up dr nikki maybe you can use that yeah one. yeah <laughs> and then i'll know they've been listening to the podcast exactly like, oh thank you right <laughs> Um, well, good job on our quiz. I wasn't keeping sore, score, but uh, you know well, your vaginas. We yeah, well. I think you did a great job. Uh, guys, we hope we cleared up this week's reason. For more reasons you're single, you can check out our book available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and our audiobook on Audible. Thank you so much to our guest, Dr. Nikki Goldstein. Mm-hmm. You can follow her on Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Underscore Nikki G and learn more about hashtag single but dating um and everything else about her on drnikki.com.au yeah yes any any other plugs we should tell people about uh no that's it just come and contact i love getting messages from people and feedback and questions so very contactable and let me know your questions and your thoughts cool well we learned a lot today we did yeah the a spot yeah, I know what I know what both of you are doing tonight. <laughs> so I learned about FOMO-sexuality. We learned about our vulva. We learned so much. This was a very this was very informative, sexy oh, cool. educational episode. So thank you, Dr. Nikki. Thank you. For um, if you guys want to follow us, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Your Single Show. Um, make sure to like and subscribe on iTunes. And thank you for listening. We will see you guys next week for a whole new show. Yeah. Bye. Bye. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. Ba 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 ba.
That was a HeadGum Podcast.